for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. We are live and amplified. So let's get ready to podcast. Fire it up. Welcome, everybody, to another live and amplified livecast. I'm your host, Tom Quiet, and we are back at it again with another amazing podcast. It is a two-for kind of day. You know, I uh, took took a uh, extended break, so we had to double up today. So we got a very special guest. We got uh, Davey Williamson. How's it going today? Awesome, man. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate absolutely, it, Tom. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's it's kind of funny because you're from Wilmington, North Carolina, and we were talking before we jumped on here. Yeah, uh, that we got some friends that live out in Wilmington, North Carolina, and then we just got friends in general that live not necessarily in Wilmington, but a lot of bluegrass bands that live in North Carolina, South Carolina, oh, yeah. West Virginia, like big, big around here. So, like, and you're shaking your head. So it's like, yeah, bluegrass is very big out there. So yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, but first off, I want to thank you so much for jumping on the podcast. I'm really excited to sit down and chat with you and get get to know sure. a little bit more about you. Um, so first off, before we get into the new album, all that fun stuff, what's kind of your origin story? What got you into music? Well, my my father was a musician. My mother was a big fan of musician, or sometimes people like to call those groupies. I joke <laughs> with her about that. But um, my, my father played, and so I grew up around music of all types. My dad was a rock guy, played in bands, played in house bands um, out of Florida and, and uh, bounced around doing that. Then my parents split. Once they split, my mom kind of force fed the pop side of things on me. And uh, she was into Motown, which I'm a, I'm a big fan of. And moving right along from that, my stepfather played and his brother, my uncle Bill, um, really is the one that the first time I saw somebody play in front of me in person that blew me away. Yeah. And then later years, I went and saw a couple concerts and was just like, man, I'd love to do that. And then it kind of linear happened. It was, okay, well, now I see somebody who does it and they're right in front of me and I don't know, I know them. And then I see a rock band and I'm like, well, if I can get as good as him, then I can be as good as that guy. And then before I know it, I can be on stage playing shows. So it, it, uh, it kind of, it happened slowly, but you know, now here we are. So, uh, yeah. so who, who are some of the, or who are some of those bands that you saw early on that kind of. It, there was a venue here in Wilmington, North Carolina um, called the Mad Monk mm-hmm. and uh, a guy named Charlie Maltzby, uh Charlie had a lot to do with it. Man, he brought in all kinds of acts. I mean, I, I want to say one of the first ones I saw over there was, maybe driving and crying. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there I, I saw, uh, tonic. I saw the verve pipe. I mean, I saw a lot of the random stuff, man. And then I would see punk shows, you know, you'd see stuff like bad brains. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I was, I, I just, somehow I became such a fan of all the music. And I think it was because of the different influences and the people that I was around they really loved what they liked. So it was like, you know, country fans 
the, the friends that I have that are into that, they're really into it. So they're like, no, you need to hear the good stuff, man. So it kind of happened that way. Each group of friends was really passionate about what they liked and they would try to influence me to like, you need to be playing country, man, or you need to be playing punk rock. No, you need to be playing metal. And then, no, you need to play hard rock. No, you need to rap, you know, whatever it may be. Yeah. Yeah. I was always kind of the, uh, I was the, the one to go to, to try to pull that kind of thing off. And, yeah. and I learned a lot by doing that or attempting it. Yeah. So absolutely. You know, it, it's, there's something to be said about being that person that listens to all or listens and is influenced by all sorts of genres because you start to appreciate the musicianship in that's everything right. that's out there. Cause that's right. like, I'm not a musician, but I grew up listening to music very much in the same way that you yeah. were, uh, you were uh, kind of introduced to everything where I'd have one group of friends, they'd listen to like classic rock of the eight seventies and eighties. And then right. I had one group of friends, like hardcore hip hop, hardcore metal, you know, just like all this stuff. And then it was just exactly. kind of like, now I'm like this well-rounded, not media <laughs> of music, but like if I go into one part of town and I have a conversation about music, I can kind of hold my own, you know? And so it's, yeah, yeah, it, that's exactly it, man. And I, you know what it does is it's like what you, what you said there at the beginning is it gives you this appreciation for the musicianship behind it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so now when I listen, now when I listen and I'm sure you do the same thing, when I listen to hip hop groups, I'm not just listening to the guy that's rhyming the lyrics, if that's what the case is, but now I'm listening to the the background and what's going on and the production value that's there and the amount of effort that that takes to get that quality yeah. to happen uh, is you don't see a lot of that. And uh, to, to be such a big fan of different genres, you start having an appreciation, man, listen how great that guitar sounds in this track or listen to the drums on this one, man, you're not going to believe the snare drum on that, you know, and, and listen to this next passing and so yeah, it, I think and, it helps out. It makes you grow as an artist and a listener as well. Yeah, and even being involved on like the production end of stuff, like just listening to like what sounds good, what doesn't sound good, it's completely destroyed my life. Like it's like <laughs> like my buddy, my buddy who's a sound engineer for a lot of the stuff that we do. Yeah, he'll be like, okay, so this is why this isn't good, and he'll explain it to me. And then I go back and I listen to it and I start to recognize like, okay, this is oh, yeah. compressed. This is, you know, not compressed enough, all this stuff. And it's just, yeah. like, I go back and listen to this mu- the music that I grew up listening to. And it's like, oh, this is all overproduced. Oh, I, I know it. It's crazy, right? So all yeah. unfortunate. You no, know, man, that's, that's it. And you said, you know, you're not even a musician, man. Yeah. It would kill you being a musician and trying to like, because then it's, you don't want it too underproduced and then you don't want it overproduced so then you get caught and then you're in a quandary right so yeah. you're just like well i mean put a little here and then put take a little bit out of here and then before you know it you're done that's part of being a musician i think or an artist as a whole is that you're always not quite ready to say okay i'm finished now you know it's always left un- work left undone and everybody has something to say about it but you know uh, a critic's typically a non-doer so yeah. the people who are out there doing it and the artists that are that are to pushing the uh, envelope along or trying to make things better and better and better. I think it's, it just kind of keeps the wheel moving. Right. So. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So you, you as a, um, you as a musician, what, who are some of your early on influences? Like just straight up musically speaking. 
You know, I probably get this question asked to me daily in interviews um, all over, you know, wherever I'm talking or whoever I'm talking to at the time. And I'll kind of I'll lay it out like this. Going back to the the last question, it's being a fan of so much music yeah. and, and that only it's it's the adventure of learning different styles of music yeah. that my influences change or they change daily. I mean, it goes from. You know, I started off with I was a big fan of Randy Rhodes on guitar mm -hmm. and I didn't know how to sing or play drums or play bass or play any of the other instruments. So to me, it was like Randy Rhodes is God. Well, then as I started getting tired of the shredding guitar playing kind of style, yeah. I became a fan of Eric Clapton. Then it went from Eric Clapton to Eric Johnson. Then Eric Johnson, it was like, whoa, that's too technical. Then I backed off and I started becoming a fan of, uh, you know, James Taylor and then it just then all of a sudden I was like, you know what? Forget guitar, man. Have you been listening to this drummer? And it's, you know, it's kind of takes the same path. Yeah. So influences wise, you know, at one point I stopped paying attention to the music as much. I started focusing on the song, the song quality and the song writing and uh, the way that the song was put together as a whole. And it's like a lot of musicians say and, and know, but I don't think a, a lot of times we remind ourselves enough. It's it's less is more. Mm -hmm. um, you know, say what you mean and mean what you say, I think kind of deal, yeah. you know, and, and and you can do that by emoting different or expressing it in different ways, whether it be through the instruments or vocally or um, written lyric. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so before you jumped on, I was reading through your uh, website and your bio and stuff. You're originally from Florida, right? Well, I was born in Florida. Okay. And I, to be honest with you, man, I don't know a lot about it. I haven't been back. I, I take that back. I've been back to Florida. I haven't been back to Plant City, Florida, where I was born at. Gotcha. And uh, so you I've spent most of my time in Wilmington. Okay, gotcha. That that makes sense. Like being born there, and if you weren't there for very long, it's like yeah. I think I, I think we left when I was two. So it's not like I had a. I didn't have. I didn't have ties there outside of. I do know that Plant City is, it's like the strawberry fest, the biggest strawberry festival, something or another in the world, or, I, you know, all those little towns have that little, the little yeah. sign, like, yeah. you know, we have one here and I can't, I think it's Marshville, North Carolina, and it's home of Randy Travis. And so the whole town, when you pass the tiny little town, the whole town you pass through it, everything's like Randy Travis, this Randy Travis, that, yeah. and you're out of it, you know? Yep. I get it. Like we, well, we were talking about uh, Roswell, New Mexico. I lived there for four years, and you drive right through Main Street, and it's alien this, yeah, alien that. And I wish the city played it up a little bit more, but you know. <laughs> well, so then my question to you, then I got a question for you. Uh -huh. Flip this around a second. Do you believe in aliens? <laughs> like the alien absolutely. life exists? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Have you heard any stories that that attribute to that? uh not heard i've seen you've seen ufos yes i was driving home i was living in roswell really? uh, i just moved in or i don't remember if i had just moved into my new apartment because i moved like three times while i was in roswell because i was there really? for four years um and i was driving to a show down uh sunset boulevard which really weird they got like all these really popular street names that is <laughs> It's just kind of like, oh, driving down Sunset. Nope, not that <laughs> Sunset, just a completely different Sunset. Uh, but I was driving down Sunset, and 
I stopped at a stoplight and I looked up and I saw three rows of lights just hovering over an apartment complex. Yeah. And they would just like randomly turn on and off. And I went and rolled down, turned my radio down and rolled my window down to see if maybe it was helicopters, see what it was. Couldn't hear anything. I looked to the left, I looked to my right, and I looked back up, and the lights were gone. That's that's, uh, that's something else. Yeah. But never did you think to yourself, grab my camera, grab my phone, and start to record it? No, not at all. It's just, you know, because it's one of those things where it was like, in the pitch black of night, I know how this goes. Like, I've seen enough <laughs> shitty right. alien footage. It's like, this isn't going to, like, hey, I've seen alien footage before, so I know how this happens. Yeah. I, I, you know, I can't say that I don't, I, I just, I've never, I've never been a part of it or never seen it or never witnessed anything like that. So I can't say that it's something I know anything about. Now, there is a guy that, and I want to say he's from Roswell. And since you're from there, you may remember, he has a podcast that I used to listen to nightly and he comes on, I want to say, was it Al something or another? Do you know who this is? No, I'm, I'm no. actually not from Roswell. I lived there, just lived there for four years. He does a podcast about people who have seen UFOs and had been involved with like, you're, aliens not, you're not talking about the guy from coast to coast. AM. Yes. Yes, oh, I am. Okay. Yeah. He lives That's up exactly. in Albuquerque. That was in Albuquerque. Yeah. Okay. He lived up in Albuquerque. Okay, it's from Albuquerque because my dad listens to him all the time, like especially when uh, my dad used to be a pilot and uh, he used to have to drive from Chicago to Detroit three times a week. And so he just listened to Coast to Coast AM and drive. And every time it's like, oh, listen to this. And it was about an alien or right, right, right. that's it. That's it. Whatever. So. I wish I could remember what, now that you reminded me it's coast to coast, I want to try to dig it up and see what it is. Yeah. It's uh he's still broadcasting from what I understand. So yeah. This thing. Yeah. It's, it's so, a really interesting podcast. So I have to check that out. Yeah, absolutely. But um, so you got a new album dropping uh, in March. Yep. That's how months work. It's in March. Uh, pre-sales just opened up Friday, right? So they were supposed to open up Friday. For some reason, there was a glitch in the digital side of distribution. So only pre-sales have started for hard copies, um, which can be purchased through the website, mm-hmm. um, DavyWilliamson.com. And if you go through that, I put them on sale for $4 um, because of that hiccup to go ahead and get things moving. And I'm also going to do the same for the digital release. So it's as cheap as they allow me to be able to sell them for. Um, So I just went ahead and did that up until uh, the week after uh, the first week. So March 19th. And then they'll go back back to regular price. Gotcha. And the the single that you currently have up on uh, Spotify, uh, Thin Disguise, is that part of the, that's all part of the album? That'll be part of the, that'll be part of the EP as well. Yeah. Okay. Um, so since I brought it up, what's kind of the uh, story behind Thin Disguise since that's out there right now and people can go listen to it? Yeah, I I started the song a lot of years ago, or at least, at least the guitar riff itself. Yeah. And I, I never was able to really put together how I wanted to go about writing the lyrics. I was in a band called Third Class Passenger and, and we had 
you know, we did some minor touring and had a, some minor success with, we were a Jägermeister band. So we did the Jägermeister tour stuff. We did yeah. um, Zippo hot tour stuff, which was even smaller than that. And um, the band broke up, but I was left with ironically the two first singles that I'm releasing, which one is Thin Disguise, which has now been released. And the second that'll be released, which is going to be cliche, um, Thin Disguise came about originally. It was written about something completely different, but I didn't know the lyrics completely. So I'm kind of, I mumbled my way through it so that I could continue to try to build the song. And Thin Disguise at this point, which I like to leave songs up to, to interpretation. Yeah. Um, but in this particular instance, it was written about. Um, a child and a child's struggles between two parents during a separation and each parent um, talking bad about each other, one parent knocking the other parent down so that the kid would find love one way or another or, or choose a side. And, uh, and then the kids coming back as never wanting to be with either one of them or, or to be like them or, or to grow up and be, become like that. Um, so it's 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 pretty cool uh the way it's laid out and in fact we're shooting the music video for it next week and uh, we're actually doing the storyboard for it this coming up weekend and uh it's a full production video so it's going to be pretty rad and the way we have it set up there's you know we have the the child actors and there's the the parent actors and it, you know i'm just going to be playing music in the video but i you know I, i'm not i wouldn't say that i'm much of an actor so so i, I decided to stay away from that part of it and uh hire the hire the real people to do that but but uh yeah it's gonna it's it's gonna be a lot of fun in, in the song and the way that we're portraying it in the video i think it's going to come across really awesome and i'm excited for people to, to see it and hear it That's if they haven't yet is the uh, plan to have that release around the same time that the album does or is that too quick of a turnaround no, it's not. So, in fact, what the game plan is, is we're we're going to release Thin Disguise has already been released musically without the video. Once the album is released, um, we're going to drop the second single, which would be Cliche. Mm -hmm. And in fact, both of those videos are going to come out at the same time, as well as we're going to re-release Thin Disguise one more time. Because mm -hmm. um, it really took off when we released that. We weren't expecting all that came from it. Yeah. Um, it ended up hitting number one on the iTunes rock charts nice. um, in South Africa for some reason. And then uh, number 19 uh, in Canada. Okay. And then I just, a, a lot of success out of it out of nowhere, man. I, I, you know, it was supposed to be an introduction track for me to be able to kind of whittle my way back into the industry. Cause it's been 10 years since I've released something. Yeah. And, uh, and I don't know, it, it just took off. And, and fortunately, um, it's it was downloaded by a lot of radio stations. I think a little over 100 stations picked it up and have been playing it and continues to grow. But um, we're uh, we're just excited to be able to push both out at the same time and maybe, you know, take over the airwaves. Maybe we'll see. I mean, they're telling we'll see what happens at that time. Absolutely. Um since you since you brought it up, uh, let's talk about that a little bit. About uh, this is the first project you've released in almost ten years. What, what's kind of going through your mind now that you kind of are hitting that final stretch of the EP being released? I mean, I really don't know what the what to think or, or, or say about it. I um, 
it's like we mentioned earlier, I was mentioning earlier that it's like arts, you know, art or doing music or something. It always feels like it's not complete and you you want to continue to tweak it and make it better. Yeah. But it's finished. Like there's nothing else for me to do except for put the music videos to it and then and promote it, which that's the hardest part about the music business as a whole. I've been doing it for so long, but then taking these huge gaps in between, it's because I'm I'm mainly learning about the business side and playing and honing in on being able to perform it the way that I want it to be portrayed yeah. and uh, figuring out how to do all the skills. In fact, with the other two bands that I was in, you know, I was um, on my shot paw, which was more of a punk style band that came after third class passenger in which I was the guitar player and the vocalist for those two acts. Then I've done some fill in work as a guitarist, fill in work as a bassist here and there for some different people. And, um, drums for some people and at this point you know i had to kind of knock the rust off and relearn all the instruments to a level of professional not just me you know back in back in the background you know toying with a you know snare drum drummer boy style so um you know it's i've i've been able to hone in on that and build it up and then we've been able to capture it and recording and then move forward and 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 make it come across strong and and sound like something that people would want to hear uh, so obviously it, it, well, it's been 10 years since you've released anything and this is your first solo project, right? It is. It is. Yeah. And that's kind of what I guess I, I jumped the gun there. So, yeah, so I, I play all the instruments and I just went at it completely by myself because I got tired of playing in bands where it felt, it felt like when you didn't connect, it was, we were all battling with each other. And then you couldn't get on the same page and turn. You couldn't write together. And then you didn't want to tour together. And then you didn't want to do this together. And then you all hate each other. And then then you try to reconcile. And then you, you're you like, well, everybody has demands. And it just, I, I had gotten so sick and tired of it that I decided I was just this time um, with the help of a friend of mine, Sean Atkins um, from Background Records in Fayetteville, North Carolina. He really pushed me into to going out and doing it all on my own. And he said, man, he said, you can play everything anyway. Why not just do it all by yourself? And well, here I am today. And now I'm doing on the podcast with you talking about it. So, um, you know, doing it solo, it's, I had a lot of fun. The, the, the funny part about it is that I can only be mad at myself when I screw up. Yeah. yeah. So. But on the flip side, you're, you can only count on yourself. Like, you don't have to worry about 800 other moving parts to, if you want to go out on a tour or go do a show, last minute show, you don't have to worry sure. about it. Yeah. But yeah, it's hired guns at this point, you know, and, and get guys. I, I have guys that I trust and people that I trust to come play, yeah. but it's, it's come play this, be sober, have your equipment together. Yeah. These are the dates we're playing. Here are the stipulations. It just, I, I don't want to be in control of it so much as I am right now, but um, it, for me to be able to take it to the level that I want to take it to, yeah. I didn't need to, I needed to be able to rely upon myself to get those things done. Yep. And I can come back and pick up the, the guys and, and, the, and, and then go about, playing together live shows. Cause I know that's where all the fun's at anyway. They don't want to do all the hard work, you know, the, the promotion, the marketing, the recording, they want to just jump up on stage and be a rock star. And I appreciate that. So. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you'd mentioned that a hundred percent, all the music 
uh, is you playing it. What do you find the hardest instrument for you to play? Or uh, vocals are always incredibly tough. Yeah. I, no matter no matter how great of a vocalist you are, I I have a the guy who's my one of the mixing engineers that works with me, and I've known for God twenty two years now. Mm -hmm. um, Steve Hardy, he actually is the engineer that uh, did the Santana supernatural album. Okay. Um, and so he did all of this artists throughout oh, wow. that album. Yeah. So he's worked with everybody and anybody. And even, even he says, he goes, man, there's, there's no way to ever know if you're singing it right or wrong. And the problem with today's music is that it's just auto tuned to death. Yeah. If, and then people don't want to hear that, but then they don't want to hear you singing out of key. So he's like, you, you really have to find a happy medium there. Um, and he said, I've only met one person ever in my recording that just walked right in and walked right out and nailed every note. And it was Aretha Franklin. So, you know, I'm no Aretha Franklin, so I'm sorry, but you're going to have to deal with a little bit of out of key here and there, you know, a little bit of, you know, pitchiness, but, um, you know, I'm doing the best I can with what I have and, and gotcha. that instrument for me vocally is probably the toughest. That now I will say this: I did recently pick up a violin and I picked up a saxophone. I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm I'm just I'm squealing away on the violin and my dog's barking at me. And when I try to play the saxophone, my dog's also barking at me. Please stop. So, but that that's just because you not have any experience playing them. None. No, I just bought I bought them just to be like I've got to figure these out. I've always wanted to learn how to play that that sax solo in Careless Whisper. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. That makes sense. And I mean, I'm sure like even saxophones even harder because it's a horn versus you majorly play percussion or stringed instruments. So you're bringing in a whole new realm of a whole new world. Yeah. yeah. And, and funny enough, a buddy of mine gave me an accordion and was like, man, you take this junk. I can't figure out how to play it. That's got to be the hardest instrument on earth. Anybody who knows how to play the accordion, I will forever bow to. Well, that is incredibly diff difficult. Yeah, I grew up in South Chicago, so any during the summer we used to go to like polka festivals and Sweet. like we, you know, so I saw some amazing accordion players. So it's it's just kind of like you know we'd go to like different Polish festivals and stuff like that, and they always had a polka band. And that's so awesome. So it, yeah, it was it was always interesting. I was thinking about that today. I was driving back from the grocery store, and I was like, huh. I wonder why we don't see that many polka bands anymore. <laughs> but what was the, there was a Netflix series, the polka King, right? Yeah. Have you seen this? I've seen a little bit of it. I haven't seen the whole thing. You ought to, you ought to take the time to watch it. It's pretty incredible. It's a wild story. Yeah. 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 That guy is something else, but yeah, I got you. Yeah. So yeah, man. you got the album coming out here in uh, about 10 days, right? Comes out on the, March, yeah, yeah, March twelfth. Yeah, I was um, is when it'll right. be. Wait, math. How does math work anymore? <laughs> COVID. Add ten to two. <laughs> okay. uh, but obviously, obviously, like releasing your music during a global pandemic probably wasn't yeah. your first choice. How far did everything kind of get pushed back? Were you originally looking at twenty twenty to release all this stuff, or was it always just kind of right around this time? You know, 
I didn't have a set date. I wasn't even sure that I really wanted to make another run at this. But once I got back in the studio, the bug had bit me and it was just, okay, let's get, I was like, let's make this happen. I was like, I'm not going to sit in here, you know, and waste my time. It's, I'm one of those that I'm either all in or I'm just all the way out. Like I don't, I don't, I don't play the in-between card when it comes to stuff like this. And um, Sean talked me in, Sean Atkins, I'm talking about, talked me into uh, coming back into the studio and we got going, man. And as soon as it clicked and we were back in it, we were like, this is going to be something huge. And, and we need to, we need to keep pursuing this and, and actually turn this into a record. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, with the, the pandemic happening during all this, you know, while I was in it, I gotta be honest with you. I, I think I chose the right time. Yeah. Um, a, a lot of the major acts that are out, they're not releasing a whole lot. There's not a whole lot of groups because they're saying, well, we can't support it. We can't, the touring won't support us putting a record out. And if we can't support it by touring, there's no reason for us to put a record out. We'll just go on hold. Well, for me, I'm self-funding it. Yeah, It's just me anyway. And then the radios aren't going to go out of business. So in turn, I was just like, couldn't be a better time for me to do all of this. Um, whereas I guess that's just, you, there's two ways to look at it, right? One is, oh no, um, I'm not going to get anything accomplished or man, there's never been a better time for me to get things accomplished. I can't leave the house. So now I can send emails all day long to the radio stations or, you know, whoever it is that's listening and, and build that fan base and continue to grow as an, as an artist and spend more time in the studio. Yeah, absolutely. That's pretty much like, as we've been, we were talking about the radio show that we're doing earlier and that's pretty much all I've been doing for the last month is just reaching out to other radio stations. Like, Hey, we got this thing. We're already producing it. Would you like to put us in a time slot? You know? Right. And so we'll see what happens. You know, yeah, that's awesome. one of those things where it's like, I'm working from home now. I have a lot more time than I've had ever before. Cause I don't have to drive the 40 minutes to work 40 minutes back, you know, and, I don't have to be up at six or whatever, what, you know, just like all this stuff, all this free time. And yeah, I a hundred percent agree. It's yeah. It, like a lot of bands, I saw a lot of bands early on just kind of close up shop because they pretty much said, well, we haven't written anything. We haven't recorded anything. We don't know how long this is going to be. So we're going to go get real jobs and we're done. Right. It's just kind of like, yeah, but, but in a, in a, in a weird way, I think what'll happen is the the people who are incredibly serious about doing it. Mm -hmm. um, I think they'll, they'll kind of, they'll rise out of nowhere and uh, you'll be able to see people that you, that are writing songs that are doing quality work that are, that are doing it for the love of doing it and um, taking it seriously. Um, more than not it's not just all about the the machine the business yeah you know and well we need funding for our album it's like well or you go get a job and then you go to the studio with the money that you earned and then you pay that hard-earned money to pay for you to do your own music yeah. and i think that that's important and uh you know uh, uh, yeah, the more you get the more you get right yeah it's one of those things is how bad do you really want it that's exactly right yeah so it, but to, to kind of touch on something that you'd brought up, the people that really are taking this time and like really pushing their music forward, 
in the next six months or so as the vaccine gets like really rolled out and things like really start to open up, there's going to be so many shows out there that are like brand new shows because I, I talked to my sound engineer, Jeff, he's in a band and they've written 20 to 22 new songs. since. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Like they're like, we need to record and release out. They're like talking about releasing a double album. Like, oh, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. And it's just like, it, just to think about all the bands that haven't played or like depending on where you're at all the bands that haven't played in the last year they're all going to have maybe not 22 songs to release a double album but they might have a full new album you know there's going to be so much fresh right. shows going on even if it's a band you've seen a hundred times it's going to be a fresh show so but yeah that's yeah, that's pretty. I'll tell you one of the, you mentioned the Texas thing. I, I think I heard today that Texas opened up everything like nothing happened, right? Yeah. Um, basically, from what I gathered off of, because I work for a TV station here in town, so I, I, I get a little bit more information than everybody, or everybody else, essentially. But from what I gather is the Texas, uh, the state itself is pulling back its uh, mandates. And they're going to essentially leave it up to the cities and the like private companies. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. So like you, I, I'm kind of assuming the way it's going to work is the mom and pop shops will probably just kind of be like, we're open, whatever, come in. But when you go into like a lot of the big retail stores, yeah. I still going to have to have a mask. So yeah. that makes sense. That that's more of a nationwide company mandate than anything. So of course, yeah. It, it'll be interesting to see how it plays. Yes, it will be. But I just got invited <laughs> to do a show on Friday night, and <laughs> you're going. Kind of like, oh, this show is going to be a lot more exciting. So yeah, because I made a yeah. joke. I made a joke to a buddy of mine. I was like, I got because I just got back from Roswell yesterday. I was out there recording okay. more episodes, and. Uh, my buddy had posted that he was opening up for uh, Cody West in uh, in Texas here. And I was like, wait, so does this mean you're going to have a show on a day that I'm actually in town that I may actually be able to attend? And he's like, yeah, why are you going to come? And I'm like, I'm in town. So, yeah, I think I'm going to end up being at one of your shows because we've been uh, – he was one of the first people that I met when I moved out here to Waco. And it's like I've never seen him play – live in a, at a show so it's just kind of like yeah i think i'm gonna make it so wow yeah i would love to go see a show like a like an, a real like rock show yeah I, I, um oh i'm i'm ready for a good rock show like i've been inundated with so much independent rock music over the last three months it's just like all the good music i have on my spotify playlist now of bands you've probably never heard of or most right. people have never heard of and it's just like this stuff all came out in 2020 or 2021 right. and it's all amazing you need right it. yeah so uh, i'm ready I'm excited. so yeah man um so for your new ep that's uh dropping on the 12th how did you kind of go through the process of uh song selection to be honest with you, man, I, I, I got, went into the studio. I, I did Thin Disguise. Uh, I was going to just send it out and see what happened uh, as an introduction track to radio and 
for licensing. My licensing company is out of Minneapolis and uh, Tinderbox Music. And they had contacted me and said, you know, we want to try to do this. I think we're going to get some licensing placements, I think, this month as well. We've been talking back and forth. And they were like, well, do you have any other tracks? And I said, well, I, I don't, you know, I, yeah, I got one more. So then I throw another one out. And then it, it kind of just steamrolled. Then, like, my buddy Sean Atkins uh, from Background Records says to me, you know, you know, you're at least going to have to put out four tracks. Yeah. And I was like, all right, well, let's just go in the studio. I didn't have anything written. We just, in within the studio, built the other, uh, built two more tracks from it. Yeah. Uh, that being um, a song, a song called Same Place and a song called Fault Line. And put those two together. And then I thought, okay, that's it. Now we're just going to release this as an EP. Let's not worry about doing anything else everything will be cool. Then I got a notification that I had to have five songs released for me to be the I in to be nominated for singers, uh, the international singer songwriter association, ISSA. They said, you have to have five songs released within the year to be nominated for, to get it to, uh, to, to win the award. And I said, well, all right, man, Helen in my, my management and publicist, uh, MTS manager, Mike Stover. He, he he mentioned something to me about it. He said, well, I guess, you know, if you want to continue or if you want to move that direction, this is what they require. And uh, so I was like, okay, well, hell, here, let's, let's do another one. We go in and before you know it, we did one track and just popped it out. And we were like, dude, that's all right. Let's keep that. Now we got song five. And I'm, down, I'm just messing around uh, with kind of this little like punk rock riff thing that I was messing with. And before you know it, I've got a complete scratch track of a whole other song. Yeah. He's like, well, you got to come back and let's add that now. And I'm like, <laughs> Shit. so now all of a sudden I'm at six songs deep. And then we, he caught some, uh, some things that I was messing around with and kind of building sounds yeah. uh, for licensing reasons yeah. um, just without lyrics and which yeah. became now the interlude and now what is uh, we have is an outro so there's eight tracks on this uh, EP nice. so it's going to be a nice long EP essentially right yeah it, once it's well so it's up to seven songs as an EP mm-hmm. once it's eight songs it's technically an album okay gotcha yeah and then uh, so you know, then that pumped along, and then we just continued finding the times have changed. Times change, things change in ten years. Yeah. So it's not the rules aren't the same. So then we just um, had all the information uh, put in. We got nomin- uh, nominated to become a member of uh, the Recording Academy, which issues Grammys. And so um, now all that's filled out, and all that information is going to come back in the next few days, and then hopefully we're going to try to pursue trying to get a nomination uh, for a Grammy the following year. Oh, that's awesome. So. You mentioned, you brought this up. I was hoping you would about uh, a lot changing over the last 10 years since you've released your <laughs> yeah. body of work. What's the one big thing that you've kind of noticed as far as the music industry changing, whether it's for the better or for the worst? I'll, I'll give you both sides of it. Okay. I think the, I think the better side is that music is more accessible than ever. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're willing to look for a certain type of music, you can find it if you're willing to spend the time to get to it. Yeah. 
Um, I think the the other side of that uh, coin is that it's a lot easier to put out whatever you want to and make it sound or make it look like it's something that's big or deserves to be there when it should not be there. Um, you can dig and dig and dig. Now it used to be it, for you to put out, it, it was more complicated to release music. You mm -hmm. couldn't just make up whatever you want to stick it on an album and then sell it to people who believe that it's hype or that it's, that it's good or that it's an amazing song it's almost sheepish not more now and because it's marketed so heavily mm -hmm. it's more about market uh, target marketing to a, a certain consumer or somebody yeah. within that box uh, of or labeled groups yeah it is of like taste anymore it's not like no that's good and it goes back to what we initially started talking about it was there was great music and i was a, such a i'm such a large fan of all types of music and the ability but I limit that to like, there has to be effort there and there has to be real emotion. And I, I kind of ruffled some feathers. I mentioned it last night twice, I think, in an interview it got brought up um, and, and I'll bring it up again just because I truly believe it. And I think that it, it, it it's, it's required um, out of, out of all artists and anybody who's trying to pursue a career in the music industry. If you can't sit down with an acoustic guitar no microphones, no plugging in. If you can't play it in front of me, the same song that it is that you recorded and do it and it sound halfway decent, yeah. you do not need to be jumping out and, and pursuing. I get it. It's fun and it's creative. And, and I appreciate people who do that, but you, there needs to be some form of like vetting before you're allowed to just go start throwing records out there in people's faces because the people who have been doing it their whole life and are serious about it you're you're just creating a, a smoke screen um, for anybody who's driven or wants the opportunity to try to make it in the business or make a career of it yeah. and when you just randomly decide you and your buddies are going to you know <laughs> get all busy one night and record you know on pro tools and then everything's auditing and then you send it out and you're like man this is good you know with like a beat that's pre-made behind yeah. it and somebody's just rapping nonsense i think it's you're you're killing you're killing an art form and and by doing that um by doing that you're you're robbing people of 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 something that's truly beautiful and awesome yeah and yeah. i think i mean there's something to that because if you look at the grand scheme of musicians and musicians that have had prolonged careers or mm -hmm. had prolonged success there's that I'm not going to go to the extreme of being able to recreate their music on the acoustic guitar, but they all have a foundation in musicianship, whether they know. That's correct. And that's what I mean. I mean, there needs to be, there needs to be some, thanks for clear, clarifying that it's, there needs to be a foundation of like, are you a musician? Not you were, uh, I don't know, you were a painter, then you decided one day you were going to sing. Yeah. And then you were like, oh, that didn't work. And then you go back to painting. Yeah. Choose, you know, choose a lane and stay in it, but like stop getting in the way of mine, you know? Yeah. And, and, and as far as some, like you mentioned, some prolonged artists that do this type of thing or whatever it is that they're doing, um, whether it be painting or whether it be comedy or whether it be music or, or whatever it may be, 
it's not to say that those people are perfect and they make all the right decisions all the time for music. And sometimes, you know, myself included, write songs that are that are stupid and that trust me i don't like them either it's like you know don't, don't get it wrong but you know it's a continued uh it's a continued pursuit of trying to make something better and, and making it better each time i make an attempt at it yeah. not i could care less what anybody thinks i'm just gonna you know bang away on a snare drum and and then keep marketing it yeah. Or, you know, push it along to be something that it's not. Yeah. As long as any, again, anybody that puts effort into it and continues to try to pursue it. I'm not saying that if you if you write a song and it's not so good right now, stop doing it because you're in everybody's way. I mean it as in continue to grow and continue to learn and continue to do something to help benefit other musicians and, and kind of partner up with other people and, and work together and try to move towards a greater goal. Absolutely. Absolutely. I 100% agree. Um so you've already kind of walked into a different segment that we like to do, which is passing on young or advice to the young musicians, which I think sure. we covered that pretty, pretty uh, extensively. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but outside of music, what's kind of your thing to escape from reality or kill time or whatever? What are what are some of the things that you do outside of music? Drugs and drinking. Okay. No, I'm just <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, I man, I, I work. I I have. A, I also own a construction company, and you know, I go out and swing the hammer, and it kind of acts as a release. It's it's kind of like playing drums, but against plywood, you know. And we do roofing and and siding and that kind of thing. So it helps kind of take away the the thoughts of. Um, the thoughts of, uh, you know, I got to focus on music, 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 music. It's like, it takes me away from everyday life because it's, I have a task at hand. Let's finish that task and we can move to the next. And I think a lot of being in the construction world that taught me to, to treat it the same with music. Mm -hmm. Here's a song. Let's get it. It's done as I can get it. Let's move to the next one and forget about what just happened there. You know, leave it alone and continue to pursue forward. um, What it is I'm trying to accomplish where you feel like it's not complete, set it aside and come back to it. That's right. right. Yeah. So, um, is it your, so one of the, one of the other favorite things I like to talk about is your creative process. And you, you kind of touched on this a little bit, mm-hmm. um, as far as like when you sit down to, or when you're writing music, are you more like free form with it? Or are you, do you find yourself having to be more, uh, militant is the word i've used recently but that sounds okay. very extreme but <laughs> you have to be more diligent and like from seven to nine i'm writing like what's kind of your process as far as like writing music um i typically start with a guitar riff or a drum intro kind of thing yeah. and uh but on the guitar side, I'll write the guitar part. I'll I'll take a couple f- phrases of guitar riffs yeah. and I'll make them fit each other or tie together. Um, I'll track those as a scratch track. Mm-hmm. And then I'll try to come up with a, a vocal melody of some sort. And uh, then I'll come up with kind of like a beat to it. In the studio, I'll do it where I take those riffs that I work through I put them down. I try to put a drum beat to it. 
I do another section, I put a drum beat to that, I do another section, put a drum beat to that. Then I put them all together, and then I try to make it make sense in my head, and then I go, okay, I can see what we can do here. Then I'll take the guitar parts that all go together, I'll lay those down um, in a sequence that makes sense. Then I'll come up with a drum beat that matches that sequence. I'll continue to grow the song like that, and then I'll go back and delete the guitar track, and then I'll redo the guitar track the right way. Mm-hmm. Then I'll delete the drum track, then I'll play the drums over that to a click track. Then I delete the guitar track again and come back with the electric guitars, and then I start to build the song from there and uh, continue to move forward and add all the instruments. Gotcha. That's awesome. That sounds that sounds very intense. Treacherous. Yeah. <laughs> very much like Tetris, yes. Yeah. Um, so kind of moving forward, I know you, uh, before we jumped on here, you mentioned uh, you're going out to Arizona. What, what's kind of the plan as we come closer to the release of the album? Do you have some shows booked or anything like that? I don't have any shows booked right now. I'm working on doing it again. It's, it's a lot of work getting anything put out right now and, and releasing the album and getting you know, getting forward movement in, in album sales there and, and aiming for, um, aiming for success with the EP that's coming out. I, uh, I don't have any, any shows lined up. We're working towards trying to piggyback off of some larger acts once they get moving. And, uh, once that happens, um, we're going to try to mix that in with, uh, NACA, um, which is the college, it's college campus activities. Yeah. And so we're tied in with that and then putting the group together that's going to tour with me. And then once we have all of those things together and then we mix up the college stations, there's going to be a lot of radio going in, hanging out with the radio stations, maybe performing live in the radio or just sitting down having a talk or going over the songs specifically kind of as, as we, we, break them down you know kind of know a path of like okay and then what's going to happen here and you know chit chat and try to make try to try to make a a bigger fan base and try to get people on you know all on the same page and try to kind of build a scene again because lord knows there's nothing there right now so there needs to something has to happen and something needs to happen for music as a whole is especially with with rock music yeah absolutely absolutely i totally get it um and you know it, it's funny you brought up like doing like the radio to like i guess it would essentially be like radio tours at that point yeah. um i've seen a lot of like country acts coming through texas like a lot of people that i've worked with out of nashville and stuff mm-hmm. they, they've hit me up and been like hey i'm coming through texas in march or i'm coming through texas in april to do like a radio tour and it's like oh is that still a thing people do and like yeah you know, like I've done a lot of them in the past, and yeah. uh, they're uh, I'll tell you, those are intense, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hi. These guys on the radio stations like to party. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, the, the station that we work with, it's such a small station that it's just kind of like we go do our thing, and that's kind of it, but yeah, yeah, so right. I, I've talked to some people at bigger stations and it's like, oh yeah, you, you guys are crazy. I get it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. 
So yeah, it's fun though, man. It's fun. And I, you get to interact with the, with the fans and you get to interact with people that are calling in and whatnot. And they just want to ask you silly questions. And I, I get off on it, man. I love that kind of stuff. Yeah, so. absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so as we kind of start walking to the end of the interview, where's one place that you want to play that you haven't had a chance to play at? It could be like a city, a state, country, or if you have like a specific venue that you want to play. Oh, I, so I recently found 23 and me. I recently found that I <laughs> recently found I, I, my name's Davey. So, I mean, let's, let's be real. That's about as Irish as it gets, but I found out for sure that I was uh, 63% Irish. So I'd like to say that I'd love to go over and play in Ireland at some point. I've never done that. So that would be pretty, pretty rocking. Yeah. That's like just going over to the uh, UK and Europe in general. Sounds yeah. like a good old time. You know? <laughs> yeah. It sounds like it to me too. Yeah. Um, Maybe we can drag the show over there. Yeah. Uh, that That's where we're headed. Actually, we have a huge following over in Australia, which is kind of funny. I've been to Australia, but we've got so many connections over. I was before we, uh, the reason I had to push our interview back was because I had another interview before you. Um, and it was with an artist from Australia that we were, she was like one of the first artists that I met and she kind of broke us into the scene out there. And I was telling, I was like, yeah, thanks to you. Now I'm, Pretty sure I could go to Australia and just successfully do the live and amplified music tour thing and just That'd be, killer. be there for six months and not be bored. And she's like, well, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, you know, it was, it was one of those things. It was kind of interesting. But <laughs> You're like, all right. <laughs> and it, it's like, thanks to COVID, you know, like th that was a really the weirdest statement I ever made was like, yeah, thanks to COVID, we're like blowing up in uh, Australia. <laughs> so that's really awesome. So Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. But um, I don't want to keep you too much longer. I want to thank you so much for jumping on here. Uh, if Absolutely. people want to uh, pre-save or pre-order the album or want to check out anything else you got going on, where's the uh, best place for them to do that? Yeah, so if you just go to the website, DaveyWilliamson.com, uh, there's a lot of links in there. Um, it connects you. There's a there's a gray bar when you go to the website and it has everything you can think of. Instagram, Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music, uh, YouTube Music. I mean, just the list goes on and on and on. But uh, also right there, if you go into the bio, uh, there's a link and it, it says uh, Ditto FM. Mm -hmm. And then that has the uh, uh, the smart links yeah. that you can click on it, pre-save, and you can also... Uh, once everything shifts over this Saturday, pre-sale goes uh, full all the way across the board. You can you can pre-order everything and and please do. What we're actually aiming for is a thousand pre-sales um, before March nineteenth. Okay. Um, we're hoping to hit that number, and uh, if we can get to that number, it would be pretty amazing and be some big news to follow that. So. Awesome. Awesome. Are you looking at the potential of doing pressing vinyl? Is that a thing or? We are absolutely looking to do that. Yeah, I've got a lot of friends that are into it. I'm, I don't know if you've noticed, but I've got some vinyl yeah. myself. And it's uh, kind of what prompted the question because I saw the record player. And I yeah, like, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely going to do that. 
and uh, it's I've I've got to kind of hit some numbers uh, digitally and hit some numbers with the CDs first, and then figure out what what amount we're going to press. Yeah. But right now it looks like we're going to press at least a couple hundred. Okay. Well, when you do, let me know. First. I'll absolutely let you know. I'll shoot one out there to you. Awesome. If I don't bring it to you in person. Awesome. I'm, you know, it, it's one of those things where it was like younger, when I was younger growing up, my yeah. mom had an old record player with all her old vinyl. And she was like, here, do you want this? And I'm like, yeah, sure. You know, and I didn't know what I had. I was like nine, 10 years old and uh, could never get the record player to work just because I didn't know what I was doing. You know, I can get the VCR to work, but I couldn't get the record player to work. Um, and at some point we ended up selling all that stuff off. And in, now me and my mom have conversations about what she actually had, what I had in my possession. And it's right. like, dang it. Yeah. <laughs> I can sell this stuff off. Like, like, I mean, the record player, yeah, that probably hit or miss one way or the other, but like some of the vinyl she had, you know, it's just kind of like had some uh, like Sergeant Pepper, you know, just stuff like that in there. Yeah. Kind of like, yeah. Oh, original yeah. Pressing, that's probably worth oh, like yeah. dollars right now. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's crazy. So yeah, that was, that hurt my feelings. Hell yeah. But, mm -hmm. um, but, once again, I want to thank you so much for jumping on. It's been an absolute blast sitting here chatting with you. Absolutely. Uh, welcome Thanks back so on anytime. So cool. Whenever cool. you got something new coming up, just feel free to reach out. Let me know. Um, but thank you so much once again. Thank you everybody for tuning in, and we will catch you guys later. Awesome. Rocking. Cool. We're good. Right on. All right, man.